Hallelujah. Psalm 69. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful, Lord, for your presence and your willingness to walk this life out with us, Father God. We thank you tonight for us hearing your word, what you're saying to us individually as a person and corporately as a church. We thank you for your word and the ability for that word to change us into the image of Jesus Christ that we behold. And we thank you for it. And everybody said... Amen. We're gonna, I'm reading from the New King James, so Psalms 69, verses 1 through 4. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fall while I wait for my God. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Those are getting less and less for me, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) They are mighty who would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully. Though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. Daniel chapter 7, think about verse 25. The Bible says there is a spirit that is out there to wear out the saints. Tonight's message is called Pressure Tested for Life. And can I get a witness? There's real pressure in just being alive today. We are all under pressure daily. I would encourage you on your own time to go read the whole chapter, Psalms 37. It's a great chapter because it reminds us that God has led his people through worse times than we're in now. And he gave them encouraging words. Psalms 37 is God speaking to his people in a time when it looked like wickedness was prevailing. It looked like the righteous were being overtaken. It looked like everything that God said and promised was not coming to pass and the enemy was winning. And he says throughout Psalms 37 some key elements for you and I to get through these times. One of the things he says that I would encourage you to get a hold of, he says it three times in the first eight verses. Fret not. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Somebody needs to write a song. I bet it could catch on. One of the things that he says is about waiting on the Lord, being patient. We are the most impatient people on the planet. We have to have a phone that's 11 seconds faster than the last one. Like it will help us play Angry Birds better or something. I I don't know. My, My grandkids pick up my phone and say, Papa, your phone doesn't have any games on it. There's a reason for that. We're under pressure all the time. I encourage you to go read Psalms 37. Do you know, there is a pressure that just comes if you're single. You know, I talked to a lady the other day, and she's like all freaking out. I'm not married yet. I'm not married yet. I'm going to end up like one of them people in the library with nobody. She's 20 years old. There's a pressure. Just You're under pressure when, you, when you're a kid to grow up. Your parents are always screaming at you. Just grow up, would you? There, there's a pressure 
throughout life. There's a pressure that comes with being single, and I, I love the single people, I really do, but they say things that are stupid. And I'll pick on all of us because we all say stupid stuff, but if I just had a husband, I'd be happy. Well, why don't you go talk to somebody that has one first? <laughs> right? It is amazing to me we don't have more murders in marriage than we already have. Because we take somebody who's an early-to-bed person and connect them with somebody that's a late-night owl, someone who likes it cold in the house and somebody else who likes it roasting in the house, somebody who likes the fan going like you're trying to leave the planet, somebody who wants no fan at all, somebody who drives from the driver's side and then somebody who drives from the passenger side. (laughs) We're under pressure. Marriage can be difficult no matter how much you love one another because we're both crazy. Women are weird. Men are crazy. Just, just ask. Think about women who's cracks me up. I'll ask my wife, why would a woman do that? And women don't even know why they do what they do. But God does. You add to that mix Children. And there's a pressure. You know, we had this image in our mind about these little kids running around and just making our life wonderful. And they're just going to be such great things. And every day's a battle for simple things you want to do just to feed them is a battle. I don't like that. You want to eat? You know, starvation will cause your kids to want to eat stuff they said they wouldn't normally eat. Just getting them dressed. Where are your shoes? I don't know. Where'd you see them last? I don't know. Pressure. Then you add to that, you have to have a job. Of course, everything goes good at your job, right? There are pressures that come everywhere you turn. There are pressures. I, I, I'm praying harder for the people who have teenagers. Having teenagers is a really unique place to be as a parent. Because you finally understand why some animals eat their young. It suddenly makes sense. Then there's other people. Ha, ha, have you realized that the world is filled with crazy people? Somebody wrote in a book once, you ought to read it, that people are crazy. And he was right. Here's here's the kicker. You be people. I don't know if you know this or not, but you are somebody's crazy. (laughs) Then there's things like our vehicles and our homes. Uh, Does anybody have... Vehicle issues? You know, if you have stuff, it's breaking down. I've come to the place where I don't really want any more stuff because all the stuff I have is already breaking down. Why would I want something else that I'm going to have to fix again? It's all breaking down. Car's making a funny noise. It's leaking oil. It's burning oil. It's making that sound. The wife's going, something's not right. Pressure. Welders call this mop. 
M-A-W-P, not M-O-O-P, M-A-W-P, MOP. MOP is an acronym for Maximum Allowed Working Pressure. God has built you in such a way that all the pressures that we endure, if we'll give our life to the Lord, we will work under a maximum allowed working pressure. But I want to tell you something. I was a welder. I helped put the space shuttle up in space a couple times. I I was gifted in a way that it just came to me naturally. I loved welding. I welded things that you had to sign a piece of paper because if the plane came down and it was your fault, they came looking for you. So everything I did was tested. Every pipe I put together was pressure tested. And when you pressure test a piece of equipment, you pressure test it at least a time and a half above maximum allowed working pressure. And there's a beauty in that testing. There is a purpose in that testing. And can I tell you, since 911 up to now, we are being pressure tested. And there's a purpose, and God's been gracious in it, and we don't get it. We don't understand the purpose of the pressure test. We don't understand that there's a reason that God allows these things to happen in our life, and we end up whining and complaining instead of seeing the beauty of what God is trying to do. Now, when I was in school, I loved working with pottery. We had a kick wheel, and I loved taking that clay and making vessels and then putting them in the kiln and making a vessel. Now, I don't know if everybody does this, but my teacher used to take a pair of those um, harmonics that they use for the praise team to, to, to tune things, And she would put those clay pots in the fire. And then when she thought they were ready, she would pull them out and she would hit them with that metal rod. And if they went thook, they went back in the fire because they weren't ready yet. If she took them out of the fire and hit them with them metal tongs, and it sang, they were ready to come out of the fire. What I see in the body of Christ is we're going through the fire, and when we're going through the fire, God takes us out and hits us with the rod of his word, and we go, why me, God? I can't believe this happening to me. I tithe, and I go to church, and I do everything right, and I'm singing, and I'm praising, and I'm giving. Why me, God? Guess what? That's a thuck. You get to go back in the fire. But if you come out of the fire and you're being tested, you go, Lord, I don't understand this, but I praise you. I love you. I know you're for me, not against me. You begin to praise. You begin to sing in the fire. You get to come out. Some of y'all bless your heart. Every time it's thuk. I learned early on, and these are the terms that they use in welding, which is really interesting to me. Because they immediately spoke to me about us and the pressure tests of life. The purpose of the pressure test. Are you ready? Number one, to test the character of the material. 
you know what happens when you're tested? Your true character is revealed. Not what you want people to see, not what you hope people see, but the character you actually have. Because character is what you are and what you do when no one's looking. (laughs) This just came to me. I, I always wonder about the people who have to come to the front to dance before the Lord. What what would happen if we said, hey, could you go do that in the back? Because if it's for the Lord, why would it be any different back there? I want to know, do they dance at their house? See, I don't even care about the lady that sounds like a choo-choo train when she's filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't even mind that, as long as that's the way she is at her home. Right? Pressure. The pressures of life. And when we're pressure tested, what is revealed is our character. And God wants you to know what your character really is versus what you want people to think it is so that it can be dealt with. God doesn't want you to fool yourself into thinking you're more mature than you really are. I always get kind of concerned when somebody tells me how mature they are. How mature is it for you to tell me you're mature? (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know. So the pressure test has a purpose, to test the character of the material. Number two, to test the limits of the pipe or material. Have you ever heard somebody say something stupid like, well, if I saw a shark, I would do thus and so? You have no idea what you would do if you saw a shark. You might wet your pants. Well, I'd poke him in the eye. You don't have a clue what you do until you're in the water and you see a shark. Well, if I won the lottery, I'd pay off the church. You lying dog. You don't even tithe now. See, pastor, that that hurts my heart. Get over it. I'm right. We test the ability of the pipe. What can it handle? What can it deal with? What are the limits? And it's not so God can embarrass you. It's not so God can say, oh, you really thought you were here, but you're here. It's so that you can see, so that you can work and make the things right. So that you can handle the next pressure test. Because they're not going to stop just because you're saved. They actually increase once you draw a line in the sand to say, I'm going to follow God. Number three, to see if it's reliable. To see if it can be trusted. You know, I understood this when I was lost in the bars. I would always make sure that the friends that I had with me, if it came down to a fist to cuffs, they were going to be with me back to back. We'd fight our way out of there if we had to. I knew the friends I had were actually friends. They weren't going to tuck and run. But in the body of Christ, I'm not so sure. Because one week it's Hosanna, Hosanna, and the next week it's crucify him, crucify him. The pressure test has a purpose. 
And the purpose is to see, are we reliable? It is amazing to me how the body of Christ accuses God of warning if they can trust God. Listen, God can be trusted. If there's any reliability being tested here, it isn't on God's end. The reason for the pressure test is to reveal hidden flaws. To reveal hidden flaws. When you're welding, it all looks like it's good. But a pressure test will reveal one little bitty leak that could end up blowing up an entire building if it's a gas pipe. Or bringing down a plane. Some of the things I did, I welded some bellows in some Cessna's uh, airplanes in their exhaust systems because the bellows would take all the pressure. They, they're like a round accordion. But if it had a leak in it, that exhaust would get into the cab and the pilot could get sick and die. So it was important that it didn't leak. So we tested it three or four different ways. And one of those tests was a pressure test. Because we want to know if there's anything hidden. Because it all looks good. Have you been in church long enough to know there are people who look good but aren't? So the purpose of a pressure test is to show us as believers anything that may be even hidden from us. Anything that we think we've got covered but we really don't, it's hidden. So it reveals hidden flaws. I love this. It's also pressure tested to reveal the structural integrity. You know, when you don't know what to do, do what's right. And it'll always turn out right. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. The purpose of a pressure test is to see if you have structural integrity. And then the last, it shows areas that need to be built up. Sometimes you don't have to redo the whole thing. You can just do a cover pass or go over it and you build up more weld and you seal the leak. One of the things I find in the body of Christ is when we're under pressure, a lot of times what we really need is just somebody to build us up. What we need is just somebody to encourage us. You're doing okay. But pastor, I have doubt. So do I. Stay the course. See, most pastors won't tell you they have doubt because they don't want to add more doubt to your doubt. But nobody has this all figured out. All of us have to walk in faith and step out in things that we just don't have a clue. We believe it's God to the best of our ability. And so one of the things that we need when we're under pressure is people just to encourage us, to build us up. The Bible says about great leaders that they build you up like an edifice. That the authority they've been given is not for your destruction, but for your edification. Edification means to build up higher and higher. Pastor Austin has given authority to build you up, to tell you you've got the goods, to tell you stay on the course, don't give up now, don't throw in the towel. We just need to be built up. Hidden flaws, pressure tests reveal these things in our lives. 911 was a pressure test for the United States, and we failed miserably. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the documentaries of what happened at 911, but the president 
was in the air and they didn't even know where to land him. The communication between entities, they didn't even speak the same language. Their different operations and systems didn't Coalate with one another. The FFA had a different system than the army had, and they were using terms that nobody understood. And they're asking over and over again, Are you saying the communication was terrible? Our president was in danger. They, they were given just what happened was they put him way high in the air where they usually fly at like, I don't know, 6,000 feet or something, 10,000. They brought him up to like 15,000 feet, and all the communication went away, but they'd never tested it. So he's up there trying to communicate and he can't get anything to come through. They got like 50 different phones on this plane and only two of them were working partially. They didn't speak the same language. And we didn't know where the enemy was, what was going on. We didn't expect anything from within. We expected it all to come from without, but because it came from within, we weren't ready. And it was just one mishap after another. But you know what happened? They changed that. They went back and said, we need to fix this. That pressure test revealed we had flaws. We had hidden things we didn't know about. We had areas they thought we had covered, but we didn't have covered. So now we got it covered. That's what happens when a flaw is revealed. 911 was a pressure test for all of America, and we just failed. But we learned. COVID is a pressure test. And can I be honest enough to say we have failed miserably. I have seen some of the most stupid things promoted as wisdom. We have lost our stinking mind. Common sense is not common at all. And I'm thinking to myself, a seven-year-old could have responded better. What is wrong with us? It's a pressure test, and we're failing. Communication has broke down. Not only communication between people to people and leadership to people, but people to God. The upcoming election. Do you feel the pressure? It's a pressure test. Can I tell you something? No matter who wins, we need Jesus to rule and reign. I'm going to say this and it's going to get me in trouble, but I'm right, so I'm okay. I'll sleep at peace tonight. Too many Christians would rather see their particular candidate win than they would see revival in our country. That's sad. So many people, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God. No, you're not. You're trusting who you're voting for. You are so freaked out about who you're voting for that you can't even hear God. It's a test, and we're failing. Now, let me tell you some things that I have seen. How am I doing on my time, by the way? Am I doing good? Oh, you guys are great listeners then. Here's some things that the pressure tests have revealed, and I'm just going to talk about the body of Christ. Forget those that are lost and don't know any better. You know, dogs bark because they're dogs. Cats meow because they're cats, and sinners do what sinners do because they're sinners. I just want to talk to the body of Christ. Here's some things we have failed in this test. It's been revealed to us, hidden flaws, 
character issues, integrity issues. One of those is we trust Google more than we trust God. We trust Google. I mean, if Google says we're okay, we're okay. If I can Google how to overcome fear, I'll bet I can overcome fear. Google doesn't know. I told you earlier, Google didn't even know how to spell its own name. Might want to pay attention to that. One of the things that's been revealed is how easily fear has crept into the body of Christ. You can call it what you want. You can powder it down. You can patty cake it all you want. I'm tired of that. People are afraid because they listen to the news more than they listen to God. You know, if you live to be a thousand years old, this would be your sixth pandemic. If you live to be a thousand years old, you'd be like, been here, done that, got the t-shirt. We're going to be okay. But that's not what happened. We've had all kinds of people, and we don't know who to listen to. We don't know who's telling us the truth. We, we know that people are lying to us. We know that the, the things have been upped and anted up more than they really are. We don't know. And so we're listening to all this stuff, and I'm watching the body of Christ say they're trusting God, but they're afraid. They fear everything because somebody said this and somebody said that. Listen. It's been pressure tested, and we have a leak. One of the things he says in Psalms 37 is, don't be afraid. I've been told, now I haven't had a chance to look up every verse, but I've been told there are basically 365 verses that talk about not being afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be worrying. 365, isn't that funny? Isn't that kind of just, wow. I mean, that's like God was smart or something. Like maybe God knew every day we were going to need to be encouraged because fear would try to creep in. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I'm just saying it's revealed to us as we go along here that we easily picked up fear instead of faith. We easily let the news tell us how we should be responding. And I I just have to say this again. uh, I get so tired of the arguments with people. We have never responded to a virus this way, ever. It's the exact opposite way to respond to a virus. But because some doctor who stands a chance of making billions of dollars said, this is the way we handle it. Fear instead of faith. Now, we need to be honest if we're afraid. God's not upset about that. But if you're afraid... Run to your father. When I was a kid and I was afraid, I ran to my father. Why? I knew I was going to be safe in his arms. If you're afraid, say so. Just run to the father. He'll tell you, I got you back. He'll tell you he's got it covered. He'll tell you, my people have been through worse, and I got them through it. It's a revealed flaw. Second thing that I have seen is how easily the body of Christ has become angry. I mean, I'm looking at Christians who say they love the lost, and they are mad, ready to go to war, ready to beat somebody up. Listen, 
The Bible's very, very clear. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Anger is not the problem, beloved. We have to balance things out. That's, the body of Christ just forgot how to balance everything out. Anger is not the problem. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. That's the part we got to get right. We need to be angry at our cowardice. We need to be angry at our inability to just speak up in love. We need to be angry that the body of Christ has the only entity that has stayed hid in the closet. Everybody else has come out of the closet as to what they are. We're still in our closet shaking. Oh, God, please come get me before it gets any worse. Another revealed hidden flaw is the lack of patience. And this I could speak on all night long, but you just get madder and madder. But we have no patience, none. And it's not even most of y'all's fault. Now, some of you that are as older as me and older, you got no excuse. You know what it's like to wait 10 days for a letter to come across town. But we have a group of people who have had instant oatmeal their whole life, have had microwave dinners their whole life, have had the ability to get something the same day for quite a while now. So when we tell them to be patient, they go, what? What's patience? Okay, Lord, give me patience, but just give it to me right now. Luke 21, 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. You want to know how to get your feelings in check? I understand your feelings are real. Your feelings are real even if they're wrong. I get that. You want to know how to deal with your feelings and bring them back under subjection to Christ? Be patient. In your patience, wait on the Lord. The Bible's so full of waiting Waiting, be patient. Why? Because there's beauty in that and God can come through if you can wait. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When we get in a big hurry, see, we just want God to come down and swoop down and make this thing right right now because we want to go back to normal. Well, normal was pretty passive for the average Christian. We are being forced to ask ourselves what we actually believe. And we lack the patience to let God do what he wants to do. See, we thought if we got the right person as a president, this would all go away. But has it? It's got worse. That's what happens when you stand for righteousness. You drew a line in the sand. And God says, if you want to get your emotions back settled... Chill. Take a chill pill, as I think one generation said. It's revealed our inability to wait on the Lord. It's not in my notes, but one of the things I have found that's been revealed is we don't know how to think for ourselves anymore. George Bernard Shaw said this, 2% of people think. 3% of people think they think. And 95% of people would rather die than think. 
We want somebody to tell us how to vote. We want somebody to tell us what to do. We want somebody to tell because we don't want to wait on the wisdom of God. We don't want to wait on the Lord to speak to us about what is our part. I don't know why we're worried about stuff going on in other states. I don't have effect in other states. I'm going to deal with what's in front of me right now. I'm going to make sure I'm loving the people who are in front of me now. I'm going to make sure that my friends don't matter their color. I've got an African-American who calls me dad. I don't know about up there. I have an influence right here. I don't have a world platform. I got a Sherman platform. So I'm going to speak in Sherman. I want to let my voice be heard. We do not want to think. Why? Because we're going to have to wait on God to hear what he has to say to us. And you know what? God hasn't changed. God says to love your enemies, to do good to those who despitefully use you and speak all manner of evil against you. He hasn't changed. Oh, this is going to, this is going to, if I had made you mad yet, this will do it. How easily we convince ourselves we love people more than God loves people. I will indeed say it again. How easily we convince ourselves that we love people more than God loves people. Let me explain. I see a commercial, and I don't even know what it's promoting. It makes me so frustrated at, at their, the way it's presented. But the basic line is this. We ought to be able to choose our own lifestyle. We ought to be able to choose our own partner. We ought to be able to go whatever way we want to go, whether we decide we're male or female. We ought to be able to choose that. And the line is this, because love shouldn't have to hide. I want to challenge that. Neither should truth. Okay, here's why this is important. Because it, the problem with Christians is love is the main thing, not if it's not connected to truth. Because the homosexual can say he loves his lover, and the lesbian can say she loves her, her lover, and the murderer can say he loves killing. If love is the driving force, where's the boundary? Without truth, you can go anywhere. The thief loves stealing. The killer loves killing. And we've convinced ourselves that we love the homosexual more than God, so we're going to tolerate and we're not going to speak up. We've convinced ourselves that we love people more than God loves people. Do you think God loves the lesbian and the homosexual? I guarantee you he does. And God loves them enough to speak the truth in love. But the body of Christ has stopped doing that because we don't want to cause any problems. We've convinced ourselves that we love people more than God does. Can I love the homosexual more than they love themselves because I know if they have their way, Inside of one generation, they will be dead, unable to reproduce. How, how are they going to procreate, beloved? Just, just answer me that. Where are they going to get children? You better pay attention. I love them more than they love them. If they have their way, they will self-destruct. And God loves them enough to say... 
Don't go there. Love is not the driving force if it's not mixed with truth. Here's what's been revealed to me the most. Is our need to go back to the basics. You know, the more complex things become, the simpler we actually need to make things. Can I say to you, the body of Christ needs to get back to God is good and the devil is bad. I mean, if you just, if you would look at life just through that simple principle, things begin to make sense. God is good, the devil is bad. Second truth you need to know, back to the basics. There is a God and you're not him. It, I'm starting to hear this thing, and it concerns me. As an, I was going to say old man, that's not right. As a mature individual, I am concerned about this phrase and this thinking that we have in the faith realm where we're going to hold God accountable to his word. If you follow that line of thinking through you become God and he becomes your slave. It bothers me that I'm going to hold God to his covenant as if God would break his covenant. As if somehow... I'm going to get frustrated. Back to the basics. There is a God. You are not him. We need to get back to the simple basics of the disciplines of disciples. We need to get back to the simplicity of just praying. It amazes me how many people want to hear God, but they won't pray. They want the preacher to tell them what God's saying. Do you know God wants a relationship with you? He wants to talk to you. Because the guy that you're listening to might be wrong. God is never wrong. We need to get back to the discipline. This is you're going to love this of being silent. I I listen to our world and they brag about noise as if that's a badge of honor. I come over to their house and the TV is going and it's on something they shouldn't be watching. And their point to me is this. I just have it on for the noise. I know you've never used that. I know you've never said that. I just have it on for the noise. What does that say about us as a people? It says we do not know how to embrace silence. How to be still and know that he is God. I'm so far out in the deep now, I'm just swimming with the sharks right at the moment. But the simple discipline of Fasting and praying. See, I know how to empty out a church. We just call a fast. I'm done, man. I'm going to a church where they have roast chicken. I see a need for the body of Christ to get simple, not more complex. To embrace the simplicity that comes with knowing Jesus loves you. Saints, I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm in the drawer. 
And what I know is that God loves me. And I'm not here because I'm perfect. I'm here because I said yes. And the body of Christ needs to stop running around trying to find all the new answers with all the new technology and go back to actually just talking to God. You know, you don't need an iPhone to talk to God. You don't need an iPad to talk to God. You need your pad. That's called a home, by the way. Sorry. I have fallen in love all over with God again because I've been forced to go back to what works. And I'm going to tell you something that the Lord has done for me in the last probably six months. There's a scripture in Zephaniah that says the Lord dances over us with singing. And that has become a revelation to me. And in my prayer time, I'm reminded of when I brought my grandchildren to my house for the first time and held them in my arms and we had worship going on in our living room and I just sang and danced with my little girls in my living room and I bawled like a baby over the beauty and the life that was in my hands and the Lord reminded me of that and there was a picture of the Lord just loving on me and dancing. But it's because I was able to shut down all the noise And just get quiet and let the Lord just tell me, I enjoy singing over you. I enjoy you like you enjoy your grandchildren. And the body of Christ would easily be able to drop away all the fears and all the phobias if we would just spend time in the presence of God where he would, you would hear him say, I've got you. Lord, where are we? You're in my hands. I got you. It's okay. Amen.